President Biden has a brilliant new plan that will heal the economy. AOC has some incisive thoughts on the border crisis. And Dr. Jill Biden isn't only a great doctor. She speaks Spanish beautifully. April Fools. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their internet. Join them at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment because we can see We'll get to that in one second. First, thousands of customers are canceling the nation's largest wireless providers. Why? They found out they can get the same service at half the price by switching over to Pure Talk USA. That is correct. Instead of charging you obscene fees to pay for their massive mainstream media campaigns, corporate campuses, and retail outlets across the country, Pure Talk passes the savings on to you. The average family saves over $800 a year. And switching is super easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on the data, they're not going to charge you for it. From your cell phones, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your very first month. That's pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started. You're paying way too much for your wireless bill. If you can save nearly $1,000 a year by switching wireless providers and get the same exact coverage, what in the world are you doing? These wireless providers, they sort of fib to you about what exactly you need. What you actually need, unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data, 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on the data, they're not going to charge you for it. That is a fantastic deal. That's why so many people are switching over to Pure Talk, particularly my listeners. Dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started today. All righty. So when you look at our political class, I, I have to admit, I do not understand so many Americans who look at our political class at shows like this one or shows on CNN or MSNBC, and they see these talking heads who are our elected officials or our regulators, and they think to themselves, these people are geniuses. These people need to be in charge of my life. They clearly know what is best for me. They clearly know what is best for my family. They clearly know what is best for my business. How do you look at these people and you think to yourself, what they re- I require them to have more control over my life. Honestly, if that's what you want, it's what you're going to get good and hard. But it's, it, it's not right, guys, because it turns out that the people who are in charge are stupid. They are stupid. The vast majority of them are dum-dums. You know why? Because the vast majority of people on planet Earth are dum-dums, except when it comes to their own affairs. There, they are self-interested. There, they tend to think out what they do. There, they have to live with the consequences of what they do. Personal responsibility is a fabulous teacher. But when you cast all responsibility off to the government to either take care of you or make the rules for your life, you can blame them for your own failures, which I guess is the attraction. And also, those people can then be given all of the power to shape your life as they see fit. I, I guess that's the attraction. Doesn't seem that attractive to me because, frankly, these people are morons. They are so unbelievably stupid. And yes, I mean at the top levels of American government. Hey, Joe Biden is not with us. He is not with us. He is not a sentient human. And yet you are telling Joe Biden, this not sentient human, this house plant of a human, you are telling him that you want him to be in charge of your life. And he just says things on a routine basis that make no sense at all. Now, today, I want to talk to you about how excited I am about some of the things he's saying. Because, frankly, I'm very excited. In fact, I think that we ought to do many of the things he is saying. For example... He apparently did an interview on ESPN with Sage Steele in which he said, I'm not kidding you, Joe Biden, said, it is time for women athletes to be paid on par or the same as male athletes. Quote, I don't think it's right. I don't, I don't think it's fair. And then he fell asleep. And then they woke him up and they fed him some insurance and then he went back to sleep. So he thinks that female athletes should be paid the same as male athletes, right? Which is the same thing that he said over the past couple of weeks when he did that ridiculous press conference with one of the biggest whiners in American society, Megan Rapinoe, who is far more famous than her accomplishments really, I think, would warrant. I mean, she's really famous for political purposes. There are a lot of other women soccer players who are on that team. None of them are as famous as Megan Rapinoe. 
She might be the most famous player on that team because she's the most talented. Still, there are many other famous and talented soccer players over the course of female soccer history who don't have her level of notoriety, and that is solely because of politics. In any case, Joe Biden does that presser about how women and men aren't paid the same, and it's really unfair, and the women should be the same, paid the same as men in soccer. I, I notice that, you know what they never discuss is basketball. They never discuss basketball. And this seems to me a grave injustice. I do not want to live in an America in which female basketball players are not paid the same for the same work as male basketball players. I don't want to live in that kind of America. We're better than this, America. I don't want to live in an America in which Dewana Bonner, the highest paid player in the WNBA, which is just a fabulous league, a wildly popular league, the WNBA. Everyone everyone I know watches the WNBA. Everybody all over the world loves the WNBA. The WNBA is one of the most important leagues in the history of the world. I mean, like, in terms of sporting accomplishment, like, let's be real about this. The WNBA is spectacular, spectacular. It is just great action. It's why, it's why literally hundreds of people crowd the rafters at each game. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't make it through that. Okay, but I don't want to live. I, honestly, the, it's just unfair. The systems of white supremacy have extended so far into American society. They've extended into every area, every nook and cranny of American life. I don't want to live in an America where Duana Bonner, the highest paid player in the WNBA, earns $215,000 a year for the same exact work, the same exact work, mind you, as Steph Curry, who makes $43 million a year. I don't want to live in that kind of America just because Duana Bonner happens to identify as female and Steph Curry happens to identify as male. He makes $42,800,000 more than Duana Bonner. How dare America? This must be rectified immediately, immediately. And I call on the Democratic Party, which is in favor of equity, to immediately call for the collectivization of all player earnings in the WNBA and the NBA and redistribution evenly along sex lines. Dewana Bonner immediately needs to take half of Steph Curry's salary. She should be making $21 million a year. In fact, not only that, that's not even fair because it turns out that Dewana Bonner is the highest paid player in the WNBA. What we really need to do is we need to take all the players in the WNBA and all the players in the NBA, we need to pool all their salaries and then we need to divvy them up equally. Because let me tell you this, Dewana Bonner, she is just as valuable a person in every respect as, as LeBron James. And just because LeBron James might be bigger and stronger and male, just because of that, that does not mean that he ought to be earning as much money as he is earning. Why is it? that he ought to be earning the same amount of money, like $41 million a year, while Sue Bird of the Seattle Storm, the massively popular Seattle Storm, is earning only $215,000 a year. I mean, Brittany Griner on the Phoenix Mercury is only earning $215,000 a year. And meanwhile, you have like Giannis, and that guy's earning $40 million. It is unfair. It is wrong. It is un-American. It has to stop today. Joe Biden needs to sponsor federal legislation to make sure that everything is redistributed. Or alternatively, Joe Biden is, uh, is a very stupid man who says stupid things on a routine basis, like many of our politicians and like all the people who want to control your life. See, here's the thing. If I think everybody is stupid, the only smart politician is the one who recognizes his own stupidity enough to know that he should let you run your own life. Okay, speaking of um, people uh, screwing things up, the greatest doctor in our land, Dr. Joe Biden, who is, I mean, again, the rankings go like Dr. Joe Biden, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. J., Dr. Pepper, Jonas Salk, Hippocrates. That's the rankings of doctors. Historically, not just in American society, over time, historically. Okay, Dr. Jill Biden, the greatest doctor of all. If you have a heart attack, Dr. Jill, 
will immediately arrive on scene and recommend to you how to fix the community college program. So yesterday, she was giving a speech in which she was uh, talking about something that nobody knows. I think she was talking about illegal immigration. Uh, or she was talking about labor was to honor the birthday of uh, Cesar Chavez. And um, it didn't go amazing. Remember that time that Melania Trump never made the cover of a magazine despite being a fashion model? And Melania Trump was a terrible person and very stupid, according to the media, even though she spoke five languages. Remember that? But Jill Biden is the most brilliant among us. She's just, she's a sterling example of American intellect. Here is Dr. Jill Biden yesterday. Now, listen, as somebody who routinely screws up foreign languages, I have a little bit of sympathy here, but not much, because si se puede happens to be the most commonly spoken Spanish sentence by white people in America. <laughs> really, you want to know why? Because Barack Obama said it all the time, right? During the 2008 campaign, he said it all the time. In fact, everybody who grew up with the Disney Channel from 2002, got to kick it up, guys, got to kick it up. Si se puede, it's been a thing for a very long time in white America, si se puede, via cultural appropriation or whatever. Um, somehow, Joe Biden screwed up. Like, this is not, an obscure phrase. And again, this is coming from a guy. I understand. I don't speak Spanish well. I screwed up La Quinta yesterday. Like, I, I, I get it. But this one, it's a little much even for me. Here was it, Joe Biden, not even coming close to uh, Si Se Puede. So say it with me. Si Se Puede. The future is ours. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Not only is she America's greatest doctor, she's also a translator for the United Nations, according to the establishment media, according to our partisan media. She is she is just the best. My favorite part of this is when it pulls out and she she, she finishes on this high. Like that wasn't just in the middle of a speech. That was her closer. Si se puede. San Diego Padres. In honor of opening day. And, uh, and then they pull out and you can see the teleprompters and they pull out and it's like eight people. Socially distanced, clapping very slowly. And she's like shouting at them, See, si se puede! Mm. Well, yes, these people should be in charge of all the things in your life. All of them. The, the doddering, addled old man who can't get through a full paragraph without his handler stepping in and stopping the questioning. And Dr. Joe Biden, the greatest, the greatest doctor in America. And the rest of this crew. All these politicians, they should definitely run your life. They know all the things there are to know. And the media are so excited about this. They're so excited because yesterday, Joe Biden brought forth the greatest economic recovery plan we have ever not needed ever. When I say we don't need it, I mean, because we don't need it. I mean, because the pandemic is basically over, guys. Okay, like, I understand that the media want to panic you about there's going to be a fourth wave in the United States. No, no, there's not. There's going to be an uptick in certain states that didn't get the vaccinations out fast enough and where... There are not enough people who had natural immunity from the virus. Okay, this is why you have not seen a massive uptick in states like Texas and Florida. And you have seen an uptick in places like New York, New Jersey, Maryland. In other words, the places that locked down the hardest are still getting natural herd immunity through people transmitting the virus. Okay, but places like Florida that did not lock down, those places had a certain level, a certain baseline level of transmission that created a natural growth in the virus in the numbers, so that herd immunity was closer than it was for some of these other places. Okay, but the economy is in recovery. The airlines are basically operating at full capacity. People are going back to work. Most of our elderly population in the major states is now vaccinated. We're like this close to normal. We're really, really close to normal. And the data are in. If you are vaccinated, the reality is you're not 
at risk of transmitting the disease. That is according to the CDC. You are not at risk of dying of the disease if you have the vaccinations. So you're good to go. You really don't need to be wearing a mask. We are this close to normal. And so on top of that, Joe Biden has decided we're going to prolong the fake crisis just long enough, just long enough to squeeze through a bunch of massive bills, massive bills that radically change the way that labor works in the United States. And the New York Times could not be more pumped about it because, again, their theory is that Joe Biden knows what's best for you. Joe Biden doesn't know what's best for himself. Joe Biden doesn't know whether to, to go for the can of Metamucil or the can of Ensure, but Joe Biden knows what is best for you. And so do all these politicians. They know what's best for you. What is the theory here? According to the New York Times, the theory is that public spending is the key to competitiveness. Because as we all know from history, you know what makes a country super competitive? Taking enormous amounts of money and then redistributing it via government to people. The Soviet Union tried this for like 80 years, worked out fantastically, fantastically. China is trying it right now. All they've had to do is build ghost cities and rack up massive amounts of debt. Like everybody thinks of China as the wave of the economic future. China is not the wave of the economic future. China is a very economically fragile country that has been able to survive basically off of predation of its own population. Okay, the way that you actually create economic success is by allowing people to make self-interested economic decisions. This has been true for several hundred years. Actually, it's been true for all of human history, but it was discovered at the beginning of the Enlightenment in about 1800. And you can see the exponential increase in living standards and GDP, global GDP over that time. But Biden's strategy is basically, let's go back to mercantilism. Makes perfect sense. Let's go back to the government running everything. According to the New York Times, Patricia Cohen is, uh, is the reporter. President Biden's ambitious plan to increase corporate taxes does more than just reverse much of the overhaul pushed through by his predecessor. It also offers a profoundly different vision of how to make the United States more competitive and how to foot the bill. When President Trump and a Republican Congress rewrote the tax code in 2017, most of the benefits went to the wealthiest Americans with lower rates on businesses and on profits from investments. Well, here's the thing. Whenever people say this kind of crap where they're like, most of the benefits of a tax cut went to the people who are the wealthiest. There's another way to phrase that. Most of the benefits of a tax cut go to people who pay the most taxes. Of course, of course, because the fact of the matter is that the top 1% of people in this country pay an overwhelming an overwhelming burden of taxes. The top 50% pay all of the taxes. The top 10% pay something like 80% of the taxes. So if you have a tax cut, whose taxes are you going to cut? People who aren't paying taxes? But the animating idea, according to the New York Times, behind Biden's tax plan is that the best way to increase America's competitiveness and foster economic growth is to raise corporate taxes to finance huge investments in transportation, broadband, utilities, and more. So if you liked the Solyndra scam, of the Obama years, the giant stimulus package. Get ready, gang. We're about to get that, except times three, plus a bunch of labor restrictions as well. The Business Roundtable, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and National Association of Manufacturers all welcomed the idea of pumping money into repairing and building the nation's infrastructure, but recoiled at raising corporate taxes to do so. So first of all, the idea that America's infrastructure is in a state of complete collapse is just not true. We have about the 13th best infrastructure, according to international sources, of any country on Earth. State infrastructure varies widely by state. Most of the infrastructure that is failing is not federal infrastructure. It is state infrastructure, which means it should be paid for by state tax dollars. If infrastructure in California is failing, there is no reason that taxpayers in Florida should be paying for that state infrastructure. Also, it happens to be the case that when you measure GDP stats, one of the big problems with GDP is GDP only measures dollars spent. So if a government spends a dollar, that is the same as if you or I spend a dollar. The difference is that if you or I spend a dollar building a business, that creates add-on effects in terms of creating new jobs, creating new products creating new services. That is why GDP is not actually a wonderful measure of how well people are doing. If you are getting more for the same money, then why exactly is the GDP the same? GDP has always been a very flawed measure of economic growth. But 
It is particularly flawed when it comes to government spending, which can artificially boost the GDP. So he's pushing brand new taxes. He's pushing massive new spending, is Joe Biden. And the New York Times is super excited about it. Super excited. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about your sleep quality. Well, you know, sometimes I don't have a great night's sleep. And um, that's usually when I'm away from home. And trying to soldier through the next day after I've had a bad night's sleep, it always feels gross and yucky. And you're just trying to get through the day. You need a good night's sleep. Most people don't think that much about how they spend one third of their day, namely sleeping, being in bed. Okay, well, that means you have to have a great mattress, a mattress made just for you. This is where Helix Sleep comes in. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, the mattress comes directly to your doorship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome. You don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 and by GQ and Wired Magazine. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take that two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you absolutely will. My wife and I have a Helix Sleep mattress. It has improved our sleep quality immensely. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. Best deal of the year thus far. 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Helixsleep.com slash Ben. Okay, so Biden's plans are, of course, massive. Uh, They blow out the budget to the tune of another $2 trillion dollars. Even the Washington Post is going, this is a lot of money. According to Heather Long, when the White House released what it hailed as its historic infrastructure plan on Wednesday, it said corporate tax changes would, quote, more than pay for the mostly one-time investments in the American Jobs Plan. But there is a catch. The $2.3 trillion in spending would take place over the next eight years. It would take until 2036, 15 years, for Biden's proposed corporate tax hikes to generate that much revenue. So in other words, the vast majority of this is deficit spending. The disconnect is one of several controversies that Biden's proposal is already facing, especially as the president tries to garner bipartisan votes. They're not trying bipartisan votes, by the way. They've already said they're not trying bipartisan votes. Democratic Representative Byers says we're going to use reconciliation. That means we're ramming the sucker through with 50 votes plus Kamala Harris. Remember that time when I said that Republicans who didn't show up in Georgia to vote for those Senate seats were doing the country an enormous disservice? Yeah. You know what been super helpful right now? Republicans running the Senate. Here's Democratic Representative Byers just spilling out that this is not going to be a bipartisan bill in any way. I think all of us, including the president and Secretary Buttigieg, would prefer to have it be bipartisan, you know, at least 10 Republican senators. And there will be many, many good things in there for the constituents of our Republican office holders. But we're not going to not do it because they won't come along. But they'll be invited to be part of it, influence it, help guide it. But at the end of the day, if they're going to say no, then we will proceed with reconciliation. I love that. They're going to be invited to vote for it. And then if they say no, then we're just going to do what we want. Oh, that that sounds super bipartisan there, guys. Remember that time Joe Biden was a bipartisan moderate? Yeah, that's not real. By the way, how much of this $2 trillion bill goes towards roads and bridges? When you hear infrastructure, that's what you thought, right? You thought roads and bridges. How much of it goes toward roads and bridges? 5%. 5% of the $2 trillion goes toward roads and bridges. The other 95% goes toward various, basically, buy-offs for a bunch of Democratic constituencies, particularly unions. That's what's really in the bill, is a radical rethinking of the relationship between labor and employment in the United States and the federal government. So Joe Biden says, don't worry, we're just going to ram this thing through. The the divisions in the moment shouldn't stop us. The the right thing is for us to just do it. 
I want him. Then he fell asleep and his handler shoot everybody away. Here was Joe Biden. I don't think you'll find a Republican today in the House or Senate, maybe I'm wrong, gentlemen, who doesn't think we have to improve our infrastructure. They know China and other countries are eating our lunch. So there's no reason why it can't be bipartisan again. The divisions of the moment shouldn't stop us from doing the right thing for the future. Yeah, you know, it shouldn't. Yeah, bipartisan divisions shouldn't stop us from just ramming everything through. Captain Bipartisanship in moderation there. That was his entire campaign. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Also, Joe Biden made clear what this really is. A lot of this bill is just a boondoggle for the unions. So union representation in the United States is down to about 8% of the workforce. That's particularly true in the private sector. In the public sector, it's about 30, 40% of the public sector workforce is unionized, which is insane. It should be illegal for public sectors to be unionized. You are bargaining against the taxpayer. In a normal union situation, the way that, that unionization typically works is that you have a union and the union represents the employees. First of all, I will say the National Labor Relations Act is a piece of crap. It's a terrible piece of legislation. We abide by every jot and tittle of the National Labor Relations Act. I have to say that. Otherwise, the National Labor Relations Board sends me a nasty note about how they're going to infringe on my First Amendment rights. But the National Labor Relations Act is a piece of crap legislation. We abide by every single aspect of it because we have to by federal law. But it basically means that if you get 50% of employees in a particular industry to sign on to a union, then the employer is forced by federal law to negotiate with that 50%. Yeah, which is crazy because you still have 49% of people who didn't actually want to join the union. And now you have the 51% collectively bargaining on behalf of people who never wanted to join the union in the first place. Well, what happened is that in the private sector, there were right to work laws that were passed in about 27 states. These right to work laws said that you as a non-member of the union did not have to pay union dues to the union. And so people stopped paying union dues. And at that point, people stopped joining the union. And when people stopped joining the union, the union didn't have money, unions started to disband. And so what Biden is attempting to do is revivify unions by killing right to work laws. He wants to make it so that you must pay union dues, even if you are not a member of a union in so-called right to work states. He also wants to make sure that we unionize a vast swath of American industry. He's imitating California's Assembly Bill 5. Assembly Bill 5 in California was a provision of law that did not pass in California. That was an attempt to basically turn every independent contractor in California into an employee. It was about to kill Uber. It was about to kill Lyft. I believe it didn't pass. And Assembly Bill 5 will now be federalized. The goal would be to take every independent contractor and force them into a union. That is the goal here. And, and Biden is not making any bones about this, right? He's admitting straight off exactly what his agenda here is. So let's listen to Joe Biden with his real agenda. So Joe Biden's actual real agenda here is to push the unions because the unions have the most openly corrupt bargain in American politics. The unions take money from people who are not members of unions in, in non-right-to-work states, they then use that money to elect Democrats. Then they use those Democrats to either pass more favorable union laws or in the public sector, they bargain directly with the Democrats for more lucrative contracts. It is so openly corrupt. It's astonishingly corrupt. For people who are always talking about campaign finance reform, money in politics, it's so bad. They never point out that unions spend billions of dollars every election cycle in order to elect people with whom they then bargain. Perfectly openly. It's unbelievable. It's super, super... It is super corrupt. It is venal beyond belief. Anyway, Joe Biden is totally in the pocket of the unions. Here he was admitting it yesterday. And it's true, Mike. You're a union guy. Me too. I got in trouble, but I don't make any apologies for it. I'm a union guy. I support unions. Unions built the middle class. It's about time they start to get piece of the action. Uh, made a mistake there, by the way. AB5 is in effect in California, and it's been devastating for an enormous number of small businesses. The fact that Joe Biden 
is out there saying that unions built the middle class. No, you know what built the middle class of this country? Employers. Employers built the middle class. Unions without employers didn't build the middle class. And guess what? America had a thriving middle class going all the way back to Alexis de Tocqueville. What made America unique is that America had so much class mobility from the very beginning. The notion that without unions, the middle class wouldn't exist is just a lie. It is not true. Okay, unions have been on the wane in the United States since the 1970s. And the vast majority of people who were in the middle class became upper middle class. When you hear this myth that the middle class disappeared in the United States, no, what happened is that most of the people who were in the middle class joined the upper middle class by statistics. Okay, but none of the real, economic reality doesn't matter because it's not about economic reality. It's about pushing an agenda. It's about, it, we don't need any of this. We had a historically good economy before COVID. Then we had an artificial downturn because of COVID. And now we are coming out of the artificial downturn. And on top of that, Joe Biden wants to, quote unquote, build back better, which means, presumably, that he wants to completely restructure the American economy that had generated unprecedented wage growth for the last 50 years. And he wanted an, an economy that had produced 3.5% unemployment naturally. So he's proposing these massive tax increases. He's proposing this massive spending. He's going to raise the debt by a trillion dollars in the first six months of 2021 alone. And according to the Wall Street Journal editorial board, Joe Biden is already pushing corporate tax increases. His corporate tax increase alone is more than $1.5 trillion over 10 years. Another $1.5 trillion coming soon on individual income and investment. That's about $300 billion bucks a year, or 1.36% of GDP every year, assuming a U.S. GDP of $22 trillion. This is the largest tax increase since 1968. And you remember the booming economy of the 1970s. So you can get ready for that. It'll be fantastic. Biden's corporate tax increase amounts to the restoration of the Obama-era corporate tax burden, only much more so. The GOP tax reform of 2017 was designed to fix a corporate tax system that was uncompetitive and convoluted. Companies paid taxes in countries where they earned the income. And again, if they returned the money to the U.S., trillions of dollars piled up overseas. Remember the string of corporate inversions when CEOs moved their headquarters? Those inversions all but ended after 2017 because reform lowered the top corporate tax rate to 21% from 35% and moved the U.S. closer to a territorial tax system where you pay tax where the income is earned. However, Biden wants to raise the corporate tax rate up to 28 but he also wants to add penalties that would make inversions punitive. So if you take your company offshore, then he would try to penalize you. He would impose a global minimum corporate tax of 21%. So if you earn all of your money overseas, you get penalized for basing yourself in the United States. This would shoot the tax burden on U.S. companies back toward the top of the developed world list. At least nine major countries have cut their corporate tax rates since 2017, including all of the left's favorite supposedly socialistic countries like Sweden and the Netherlands. The larger Biden goal is to end global tax competition, much as its ban on state tax cutting seeks to end income tax competition among the 50 states. The United States can lead the world to end the race to the bottom on corporate tax rates. Yeah, except that people aren't going to do that. Yeah, the reality is that if you want to have a rich country right now, you lower your taxes, and then you draw all the businesses there. Hilariously, the Biden administration is making the claim, number one, that this will have no impact on people at the bottom levels of the economy. And number two, that if you raise the corporate income tax, somehow this is going to not let people flee. Okay, so here is Joe Biden saying nobody making under $400,000 will see a tax increase. That's just a lie. Once you raise the corporate income tax, there are a lot of people who are the heads of corporations who feel that in the pocketbook. Not everybody who owns an LLC earns personally more than $400,000 a year. So if you increase corporate tax rates, who do you think corporations represent? Corporations are indeed, they are legal structures that represent humans. So this is just not true. Here is Joe Biden saying an untruth, but we should be used to that by now. No one making under $400,000 will see their federal taxes go up, period. This is not 
about penalizing anyone. I have nothing against millionaires and billionaires. I believe American, American capitalism. I want everyone to do well. But here's the deal. Right now, a middle-class couple, a firefighter and a teacher, with two kids making a combined salary of, say, $110,000, $120,000 a year, pays 22 cents for each additional dollar they earn in federal income tax. But a multinational corporation that builds a factory abroad, brings it home and sells it, they pay nothing at all. Okay, what is he talking about? These multinational corporations pay extraordinary tax over and over again. People are always saying Amazon doesn't pay tax. They pay sales tax in virtually every state in the union. The, the, the notion that, that people and the employees of Amazon pay income tax. The, uh, notice also how he shifts the topic there, because the reality is that the couple making $120,000 a year on a percentage basis of income, they're not paying nearly what a person who makes a million dollars a year is, is paying based on percentage income. I know because I've made a wide variety of salaries and wages over the course of my years in the workforce. I know exactly what I've paid every single year. And let me tell you, it escalates real fast. The basic idea that people at the top end of the income spectrum aren't paying their quote-unquote fair share is just an overt lie. In terms of net tax, in, like getting things back from the government, the top 10% are paying all of it, all net tax in the United States, according to the American Enterprise Institute. Okay, so the, the Biden plan here is to blow out the spending. It's to rethink the government's relationship with labor. It's to make everybody basically a union member so that they can be a de facto bargainer with the government. And it's to spend a bunch of crap, just a crap load of money on sillinesses. Brad Palumbo has a pretty good list over at the Freedom and Economic Enterprise Institute, the Foundation for Economic Education, rather. There's $10 billion to create a civilian climate corp, a civilian climate corps. The White House claims the $10 billion investment will put a new diverse generation to work conserving our public lands and waters. Does that sound like infrastructure to you? $20 billion to advance racial equity and environmental justice. $20 billion. That's more than the latest COVID package spent on vaccines, by the way, for a program that will reconnect neighborhoods cut off by historic investments and ensure new projects to increase opportunity, advance racial equity and environmental justice. $175 billion in subsidies for electric vehicles, except for the fact that, you know, people are already buying electric vehicles if they're good and not if they suck. $213 billion to build and retrofit 2 million houses and buildings. $100 billion new dollars for new public schools and making school lunches greener. They're going to get rid of uh, paper plates and other disposable materials in schools. Billions to eliminate racial and gender inequities in science, technology, engineering, and math. All this sounds like infrastructure spending to you, doesn't it? 5%. Again, 5% of this bill actually goes to roads and bridges. That's what's actually in here. Complete remaking of America along the lines of just basic lies. The New York Times loves it, by the way. Their headline today is this, it's just this sycophantic Biden to save jobs, restructure economy. Again, this is the greatest economy in the history of the world, or was before COVID hit it. And the basic notion is that we have to somehow restructure this dramatically. Really, well, well, well done, everybody. Meanwhile, they have big immigration plans too. Their immigration plans involve basically doing nothing on the border. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact you don't want to go to an auto parts store right now. And in fact, you don't ever want to go to an auto parts store. The weather is warming up. The last thing you want to be doing is waiting at an auto parts store for hours. You wait there, you wait to get to the front of the line. And then finally, they, they don't have the part. They have to order it in. They upcharge you. Why not just, you know, go straight to the people who can bring you the part directly? That's rockauto.com. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Like, let's say, hypothetically, you happen to need 
just off the top of my head because this is my thing, a Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. That'll cost you like 354 bucks at a big chain store. That's the kind of thing you could get at Rock Auto for 217 bucks. RockAuto.com, it's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Head on over to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You shouldn't. Instead, head on over to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. That is RockAuto.com. All right, we'll get to more in just one second because we haven't even gotten to the height of the stupidity of this administration yet. But first, as you've probably heard, Candace joined The Daily Wire a few weeks ago at the premiere of her new talk show, Candace. The show streams at dailywire.com Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. But you can get the audio podcast, Candace, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Candace hosts a series of guests on the show every week, making for lively panel discussions, insightful interviews. Honestly, my, my favorite part of Candace's show is her cancel corner, where she sort of does direct-to-camera messaging to people. It's pretty fantastic. Featured guests have included people like Jocko Willink and Brandon Tatum and John Rich, to name a few. Candace is the first Daily Wire show to appear in front of a live audience. Don't worry. If you can't attend the show in person, tweet your questions to The Candace Show, at The Candace Show, for a chance to have Candace answer your question at the end of her show. If you need some Candace Owens in your podcast feed, look no further. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. Go check out Candace's show right now. And by the way, you're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Well, meanwhile, as the Biden administration pushes this world breaking change on an economy that really doesn't need it, because obviously these are the smartest people and they should be in charge. The smartest people who are in charge of the border have decided basically to just leave the border open and they're not going to do anything about it. The deputy border patrol chief admitted yesterday there would be over a million apprehensions or experiences at the border this year. Uh, face-offs between Border Patrol and people attempting to cross the border illegally. Here was that. Pool factors are attracting more migrants to the South Texas border, where Deputy Chief Raul Ortiz predicts overall a record-breaking year. Based upon what we've already apprehended and looking at what's remaining in, in the fiscal year, that we will have approximately about a million apprehensions or encounters this year. So, sound good, right? Well, the good news is that the Biden administration, again, they only put the best people in charge, right? Here's the thing. Between Sonambulant Joe and Dr. Jill, the greatest of all doctors, and the, and the rest of this genius administration, they've decided they're putting a Vice President Harris in charge of the border. I mean, because what we definitely need is somebody whose first reaction to every awkward question is to cackle like the Joker. She's been put in charge of the border. They said this a week ago. She's not gone down to the border, so far as I'm aware, nor has she actually given a press conference on the border, so far as I'm aware. But she did speak to the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and say that help is here. Tisa Podway or something. Here is a VP Harris. This past year, it's been difficult, both for your bottom line and for your peace of mind. One in four small businesses have closed, thousands owned by Latinos. These numbers reinforce what we already know. The situation is urgent. When the president and I were preparing to take office, he promised that help is on its way. Well, now help is here. Um, help is here, is it? Mm. Well, I'm, I'm noticing on the border, there are some people who uh, seem disproportionately Hispanic in origin, and the help isn't there, as it turns out. It turns out that in some of these facilities, you're holding people at like a thousand percent of capacity. So you haven't been down there. Every time you get asked a question, you just start cackling like a crazy person. But help is here or something. Well, the good news is we will always have stalwart fighters 
for the people at the border, their human rights, stalwart fighters like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Now, let's be real about this. She is just a breath of fresh air. She is, she is so fresh, so face. I mean, not just a fresh face, so fresh and so face, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. In fact, she is so fresh and so face that she brought her super fresh, super face all the way down to the border, you'll remember, during the Trump administration, where in a totally spontaneous, non-planned public relations act, she ended up at a fence in front of a parking lot that was a ways away from a border facility. And there she broke down in a pure display of unbridled compassion and emotion in which she stared directly into camera for some reason while wearing a perfectly white outfit because feminist power. And you remember these, these amazing pictures of just the incredible emotion on display when she saw the cruelty, the malevolence, the malice, the brutality of the Trump administration and their treatment of illegal immigrants at the border holding kids in cages and she couldn't take it anymore. And she went down there and like Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 in the dream sequence, she put her hands in the chain link fence and she screamed to the heavens, why, oh God, why would you allow such evil to take place on this planet and in this country? Why? Well, now Joe Biden is holding like a multiple of that number of kids in cages and they're like packed together in the middle of a COVID pandemic. And AOC has not been down to the border. Probably she just hasn't had time or something because she's super sincere and brilliant. She, she probably just hasn't had time to be down at the border. Or maybe that white outfit is still at the dry cleaners. I mean, it's been like a couple of years, but it's not a great dry cleaners, to be honest with you. And, and maybe, maybe that photographer was, I don't know, like booked. Okay, but she hasn't been down to the border or anything. But she did have time to do an Insta. She did an Insta. And when she did her Insta, she discussed what is happening on the border. And let me just say, the pearls of wisdom floweth like water from that so fresh, so face. Here was AOC talking about the border crisis and saying some of the most intellectually incisive things I have ever heard about the border. It's like when Einstein, I'm sure, would give a disquisition on the physics of relativity. That's like AOC on border policy, except Einstein was a, was a piker. Just, I mean, like, she is just, the amount of intellectual firepower here, it's, it's pretty astonishing. I, I will say that. Here she was, really sounding off you know, in emotional fashion about what's happening under President Biden at the border, where, again, a multiple of children are now being held than were ever held under, under Trump. Often people want to say, why are you talking about the border crisis? Or why aren't you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. Anyone who's using the term surge around you consciously is trying to invoke a militaristic frame. And that's a problem because these, this is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents and we are not being invaded. Deep thoughts. Mind blown. I mean, it is, it's not a border crisis, guys. It's an imperialism crisis, don't you see? It's because America invaded these Central and Latin American nations and all these people. They didn't cross the border. The border crossed them. Or alternatively, they crossed the border illegally. But it's an imperialism crisis. Also, it's a climate crisis. Sure, it's not a climate crisis. Sure, you're blaming all this on a hurricane that happened like months and months and months ago, and then the surge started. 
And the surge happened like way after the hurricane. But it's a climate crisis, guys. It is not a policy crisis. There is no crisis on the border. It's a figment of your imagination. You know how I know? Because if it were a crisis on the border, she'd be down there in a white outfit crying at the border. That's how you know. I don't have to watch the news. I don't have to take, I don't have to pay attention to any of the stats. All I have to do is watch whether AOC is taking an emotionally overwrought photo at the border to tell whether we have a climate crisis or, or a border crisis. And she says, no border crisis. I believe her. No border crisis, guys. It is not a border crisis. It is an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. And it is a trade crisis because the balance of trade is off or there aren't tariffs or something. I know that when we have a trade dispute with Canada, we immediately get a huge surge of Canadians just coming over that northern border. Happens all the time. We've been having this massive trade standoff with the Chinese government, and that's what we've been getting. It's just an enormous number of Chinese expatriates just leaving, just right there on the border. Amazing. Because that's how trade policy works, guys. It's incredible. Also, surge. Don't use the word surge. Never use the word surge. (laughs) I can't do it. Don't use the word surge. Because if you use the word surge, you are invoking insurge ince. You see, she put a prefix and a suffix. She put in and ince before and after the word surge. And boom, you're using a militaristic frame. When you say there's a surge, normally, this is what I think, like when... Let's say the lights go out in my house, right? And I think, oh my gosh, maybe there was a power surge. I'm using a militaristic frame because what I really mean is that my electricity is a guerrilla force. It is an insurgent force. When I put a surge protector into the wall to stop that sort of thing from happening, that's because I'm an imperialist and I'm attempting to stop those guerrilla insurgent electrics from invading my toaster. Surge, insurgents, same thing. Same thing. See, here's the thing. She knows the deep etymology of these words. She understands that both words actually do come from the Latin word for rise. This is true. That's what she knows. She knows that. And she knows that when you say there's a surge of people at the border, what you mean, you bastard, what you mean is that children are like terrorist militants. Also, she knows that not only does surge mean that, follow the logic here, okay? When you say surge, what you really mean is that one one time you knew an Eastern European guy named Surge and Surge was not the best guy. Surge was the kind of guy who wouldn't pick you up at the airport. And that made you think of insurgents. So when you said Surge, you meant that guy Surge, who's a bad guy, and also made you think of insurgents. And so you are just slamming all that together to rip on the children. And that's the problem here. These people, you want these people in charge? That's what you want? These ones? These ones? Seriously? We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, the financial experts said we were in the clear. While experts anticipated rate cuts, inflation in the United States remains a significant economic concern. Think about it. The United States right now is in the hole by $34 trillion. We're going to keep spending. We're going to keep printing. And that's going to keep pushing up those prices. So you can bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversification, always a smart financial strategy. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation. Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Gold is part of my savings strategy. I get it from Birch Gold. They've been the exclusive gold partner of The Daily Wire for over seven years now, literally helping 
thousands of our listeners, they can help you as well. Text Ben to 989898, get your free info kit on gold, then talk to a precious metal specialist about protecting your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text Ben to 989898. Right now, diversification, always a smart strategy. Text Ben to 989898 to get started. Okay, but if that's not good enough for you, I'm gonna bring you some more brilliance from the Democratic Party because it is just, and by the way, again, there are morons in the Republican Party too, many morons everywhere, but the ones in the Republican Party say they don't wanna run your life. That is the difference. If I'm given the choice between a moron who wants to control my life and a moron who doesn't want to control my life, I will always pick the moron who doesn't want to control my life. But we have more morons for you today. Today is Moron Day on the April Fool's episode of the Ben Shapiro Show. John is here, the climate envoy. Because when I think of a man who takes climate very seriously, I think of a guy who goes around a personal jet, windsurfs for fun, really in touch with the commoners, is John Kerry. You know, not all of us had the ability to marry a ketchup heiress and then use her money to run for office. Not all of us had that ability. Some of us actually had to build businesses and stuff. But John Kerry knows how it's done. John Kerry is, he, this is an amazing advocate, especially for people in the developing world who are burning dung for fuel. John Kerry is an amazing advocate. He wants them to have solar panels. Sure, the solar panels won't connect to anything and they'll still have to burn dung for fuel and they'll die at early ages because they don't have carbon-based technologies. But John Kerry is there for them. And you know he's sympathetic to them because he flies around in a private jet and says so. So John Kerry is pushing climate change again. He's doing this as part of the infrastructure plan. Because again, you thought the infrastructure bill was all about roads and bridges. Wrongo! It was about whatever is the stupid priority of the Democratic Party today. So here is John Kerry saying, Mother Earth is screaming at us. Sort of like my wife does sometimes. John Kerry, speak to us, oh, oh wise one. We're here because of science. This is not politics. This okay. is not ideology. Oh. This is not some political goal. This is not a pet project of one or two or three countries. This is a reality that the scientists for years have been telling us. And Mother Earth, the planet, is screaming at us with the feedback loops that are telling us every single day, get this done. That, Mother Earth is screaming at us. Screaming us. Now, my favorite part of this is where John Kerry fully admits that the Paris Climate Accord that he helped negotiate is a complete piece of crap. And he's like, also, by the way, if we had kept to our commitments in the Paris Climate Accord, the climate still would have gotten a lot warmer. Yes. You know who used to say that a lot? Because it's true. <laughs> your policies suck, dude. I can totally understand the climate is getting warmer, but all of your policies are not geared toward making the climate less warm. They are geared toward redistributionism internationally, and you openly acknowledge it. Here's John Kerry saying, that Paris Climate Accord we used to brag about, it doesn't do anything. But we were going to make you do it anyway, weren't we? You suckers. Oh, face all collapsing like a mudslide in the Hollywood Hills. Here's John Kerry. Paris was a giant leap forward. Nope. But even if we did everything that we promised to do in Paris... Earth's temperature will still rise to about 3.7 degrees if we did everything in Paris, and we're not. So if, 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 if we are looking at the curve we're on now, we're actually headed over four degrees. I don't want to debate how much. It's a debate nobody can win. But when the scientists uniformly tell us we're heading on this terrible curve, we know we have to speed up. We know we have to speed up, guys. You know, that's what we should do. We should absolutely wreck the economy. Because he's not going to debate the science. The science is clear, except for how it's not clear. And the IPCC has an estimate anywhere from like two to five degrees Celsius increase by the end 
of the century, which is a pretty wide range. And also, we don't know the sensitivity of the climate. And even if we did know the sensitivity of the climate, it's pretty obvious that if America went to zero carbon emissions today, net zero, it still would not prevent the amount of global warming that is baked into the cake. And so we should really be focusing our income, not so much on mitigation as on adaptation. But we can't talk about any of that. By the way, there's nothing in this bill when it comes to green energy and all this kind of stuff. How about building seawalls? Right? How about geoengineering? Not much in there for that. Nope, just a bunch in there for stimulating a bunch of Joe Biden's political allies. And John Kerry sees it as an economic opportunity, which is the important thing. It's an economic opportunity. A man who's never built a job in his entire life and lived off the back of either the public fortune or his wife's fortune. Here he is saying it's an economic opportunity. This is the greatest economic opportunity we've ever had to build our countries. Every job we need to do to do this, build out a grid build uh, solar power, wind power, uh, do hydrogen, every, every list, building batteries, switching to electronic vehicle, electric vehicles, all require jobs. Every one of those are people working. Oh, it's great, you know, because every time you wreck the economy, that requires jobs. If we just have you like make mud pies on the side of the road, because it turns out that your job was really carbon emitting, but you know, it's a job that isn't carbon emitting, you digging a hole and filling it back in, that's an economic opportunity. Uh, the geniuses. Let them, for sure, they will make things better, these geniuses. It'll just be spectacular. All righty. We will be back here later today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show. This week, Michael Moles is guest hosting, so make sure to turn in. Also, coming up soon, The Matt Wall Show airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. An NBC News anchor says he doesn't care about being fair or hearing both sides. CNN claims that there's no way to determine the sex of a baby at birth. A school district took Thomas Jefferson's name off of one of their schools, but they're having trouble finding a new name since everyone in history is problematic. And the woke mob finally comes for the office. All of that and much more today on The Matt Wall Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.